ecstasy in rhythm joy in rhythm the rhythm method keep it funky mm just the right temperature <laughs> okay get down on the get down Saturday nights 9 p.m. for Coast to Coast Funk on the Rhythm Method with Stephen Ferris on Triple J. Back here with Triple J. This is the Rhythm Method with special guest tonight, uh, Norman Jay, who's in town for a party tonight in Sydney. Norman, whereabouts are you tonight? Um, goodness. Throwing it, throwing goodness. it to you. It's called Funkin' Incorporated. Presented right, by yeah. Funk Incorporated. Yeah, presented by Funkin' Incorporated. Called Soul What tonight, if you're curious. I mean, I'll go through these dates later, but uh, just to uh, let people know why particularly you're here. Right. Uh, it's, uh, the Funk Incorporated have done mm, half a dozen parties, Joe, I'm just guessing here. And uh, tonight it's in McClay Street uh, at the Rex Hotel, I believe, on the first floor. 58, 58 Maclay Street. Right. Uh, Norman Joe, what time will you be on about tonight, Norman? Um, sometime between 2 and 5 or 1 and 4. Well, right, okay. But I'll be there early anyway just to savour the flavour. Great, okay, so terrific. Looking forward to it. 
Now, we, we've gone a little bit through Kiss FM. Obviously, there's a lot more. You, the show you did was a, was originally called The Original Rare Group Show. show. Now right. it's got a different title. Yeah, it's now called um, The Original Music Aquarium. Right. Uh, and after the, the Stevie Wonder album, album. the same. Has <laughs> the style changed at all? Um, it's a lot more open. Um, I still maintain my core listeners who tune in because they really want to get information on on the old tracks. Um, but I do play a lot of new music, which really appeals to me. Okay. I do champion things that I do like. Talking of old tracks, what were those last three you played? Sorry, um, the last couple I played, let's have a look. Well, the one that we just finished with was a, a favourite of mine um, from Herbie Hancock. Um, with a, a then new singer which he discovered called Gavin Christopher um, called Stars in Your Eyes that one especially out to Ali and Steve on Bondi Beach right. I love that track and I'm sure they do too and the one before it was um, a pretty obscure track from about 1971 um, I found that by accident in a trip to, on a trip to New York um, in 1976 and it was called I don't know what it is but it sure is funky mm-hmm. um, by a band called Ripple um, who Latterly was signed to Southsoul Records right. um, in 1978, a couple of the members, and uh, they, they did one album called um, Sons of the Gods. And um, if you listen to a lot of Southsoul, a lot of it was the basis for future house music. Yes, I mean, most definitely. People that liked house as it came out probably wouldn't have made the connection until sure. you know, you put somebody put theirs, the two together. You know, well, that's exactly what I, I, I set out to do when I, I started to do radio, um, to give people a proper perspective on the mm. music. You know, I'd play the new, the new track, and go well. This is where they got it from, right? Um, you know, and you've got and, to you've got to keep doing that, don't you? Because the new generations of sure, yeah, particularly yeah. hip hop taking exactly. you know, references, samples. And I mean, and that's why I, I'm kind of so into the hip hop and the swing and the house thing because I understand the origins of of the music. I mean, all the music's interrelated anyway. We so. have strange um, subdivisions here where people there's a, there's a lot of people that are into into groove based music, but. Sure. There are particular strains, and a lot of people that mm. love swing beat here. Mm. Uh, there's a there's a large contingent of Pacific Islanders and Maoris and, right. and, and Black Americans, plus you know um, mm. Anglo Australians mm. uh, who love swing beat mm. uh, and hip hop with a bit of a swing groove, but they right. don't have any idea about uh, old soul jazz, acid jazz, uh, right. whatever you want to call sure. uh, even house music. It's got to have a particular beat. Whereas there are mm. other DJs mm. that think they love black styles that yeah. don't want to play swing beat because they think it sounds right. too formularized and too sure. American. <laughs> and it's it's these divisions which yeah. are bizarre in this. In sure. this I mean, it, it's the same in England too. Um, but, you know, I strive to break down those barriers. Um, you yourself know as a broadcaster and lover of music. Uh, if you can somehow explain, um, the, you know, uh, the relativity of the music um, and, and program it in such a way which when they hear it, they become receptive to it mm. and begin to understand and then it all begins to make sense, and, and I've found that those barriers have come down. I mean, when I was um, playing a lot of my uh, seriously underground raw funk, mm-hmm. um, I didn't know anything about breakbeats. Um, I liked hip-hop, but not, you know, I was never a keen fan of it. And then I used to get all these, like, young hip-hop kids coming up to me, and, you know, where did you get that De La Soul break from? Yeah. You know, no. where, where did you get this um, Public Enemy break? Yeah, I'm thinking, yeah. well, you know, well, hold on a minute. Yeah. You know, shouldn't it be the other way around? And you know, and those kids were educating me as I was educating them. You know, and it's similarly with, with you know with the whole kind of house thing. Um, I, I ran a club for many years, um, playing you know traditional um, kind of New York Philly dance disco, and uh, you know, again the same thing. Uh, kids whose first exposure to music was via the samples. You know, I'd be playing the original acapellas, mm. you know, the original songs, and they come out and, well, you know, isn't this the original? Where did you get this version? You mm. know, it's like, well, <laughs> you know, but um, that's how it works. It is the only way sometimes yeah. you can break old tracks. I mean, I, you know, you play a hip hop tune sure. in, a, in a club that only mm. wants to hip hop, and then you sling in the the funk or the disco track. They ripped it off, and yeah. they keep moving. Yeah, you know, they exactly. Don't stop, so. Yeah, sure. Now, uh, there's a couple of things I want to mention. You were, you know, you. They're advertising you were voted your Blues and Soul uh, DJ of the Year for a couple of years running. Yeah. And uh, the new Blues and Soul has come out with a new poll. Right. Just give me a rundown. Tell us about these DJs and, and what, what's, what's happening. Bob Jones, what's, what's his particular style? Well, Bob, um, he's on the kind of uh, indie and deep soul side of the tracks. He does a show on Kiss from 12 till 2, um, a couple of hours after me on a Sunday night through Monday morning. Would most of these guys, the top 10, you, you've come in at number 8 this year. Yeah. You get an award <laughs> for this number. <laughs> well, uh, that, that's partly due to the fact that I DJ on so many different scenes. Um, I don't really DJ on, on the soul scene, and this poll is is basically soul-based. Right. Um, 
I think p part of that is due out of respect, I should, I think. But this, this, uh, um, Blues and Soul are still a fairly eclectic, I mean, they still cover a certain amount of hip-hop, a certain amount of reggae, sure. a certain amount of yeah. house but music. And but there's even more music that they don't cover. I see. Um, you know, because music is mutated um, into so many different styles. Mm. It's aligned itself it, and keeps reinventing and itself with other styles. But it's, it's very difficult to, uh, you know, to, to cover all aspects of it. All right, well, look, we probably babbled on. Let's just get back to some more music, and then we'll keep talking after that. Right. We can go on and on and on. Uh, now, this track by Sweet Thunder, tell us about it. Right, everybody singing love songs. Mm -hmm. um, again, it was a, I'm sure it was a group out of Atlanta, um, but that's all, all I know. They did two albums. This was off the first album, and incidentally, all the tracks I'm playing tonight are seven-inch singles. They're, they're, they're not um, albums or 12 no. inches. But, uh, yeah, this was a very big club track in London towards... Um, the end of 1979, 1980. Terrific. Right. Thanks, Norman. Okay, well, I'll uh, get back to Norman J very shortly. This is The Rhythm Method. You're on Triple J across the nation. Everybody sing yeah. 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 
by Steve Parks. Norman, tell us about that one. Moving in the right direction. Yeah, that was a, a little-known um, album which came out around about 1981 and was dismissed on the first time of hearing because people thought it was uh, a Stevie, not a Stevie Wonder, a Smokey Robinson track, which uh, he never used. 1981, that was? Yeah, 1981, mm. yeah. Wow. And then uh, it's been a consistent revival with me over the last, I don't know, eight or nine years. And uh, while I was working with the Young Disciples putting the album together... Um, we sampled a bit of it and played parts of others. Did you pay up? Um, yes, we did. Actually, we had to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, now we haven't got onto that. You, you were, uh, you and Giles Peterson started talking loud, correct? Well, partly correct. Um, Giles started talking loud. Giles mm-hmm. runs talking loud. He does. Um, I was brought in to, to run another dance label for Polygram, the company that that owns Talking Loud. Um, we were headhunted about three years ago. Uh, to come in and and to do a jazz label and a dance label, and um, they brought Giles in to do his club or his label, which is based on his club, which he was running at the time, his jazz club called Talking Loud. Right. And I was brought in to run a label called Global Village. Right. Um, I put together a couple of tracks to put out. That's right. What was on Global Village? I'm um, goodness, I can't even remember. I, a, I couple remember of, the- a couple of hip hop sample uh, yeah. tracks. Uh, that, that uh, we put together but nothing was actually released mm-hmm. which in itself makes it now a rare groove but there were four <laughs> tracks which we put out on on global village 12th yeah. only four they were only ever promoted right. um and uh, everywhere i go you know uh, some of the label boffins like norman can you get out of one of the global village Please. tracks yeah <laughs> um but yeah we only ever put out four records there but um within three months of us being there um 
there was a lot of management upheaval at Polygram. And uh, the guy who actually brought us in, who was the then managing director, was uh, fired. So that changed the whole nature of what we were doing there. And right. I really didn't see any future for me to do a kind of dance music label. How long ago was that that this occurred? Um, well, how long were we now? 93. This is 1990. But you stuck, it, you stuck at it for quite a while. Yeah, because mm. um, I, I put Global Village to bed. I mm. thought, well, there's no... It was either that or I leave. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't want to leave. Giles didn't want me to leave. And mm. we had too much going for us there. So I said, all right, well, I'll come in with you. And uh, between us, we'll broaden the label. Because Giles was very left of centre. Right. Um, otherwise, you know, the label would have been full of Galeanas, which would have been fine for those who are into it. But yes, yes. Uh, our music tastes overlap greatly. So would you say, I mean, the signing of Omar, for example, who was more instrumental in that? Yeah, well, Omar was my signing. Mm -hmm. Um I kind of brought uh, an R&B side to Talking Loud, mm -hmm. um, which worked really well with the kind of left-field acts that we would which, were dealing with at the time. Which it's all, I mean, consistently the label is, you know, most people pick up a record by Talking Loud even without listening sometimes. Sure. Well, uh, that's the whole point of it. That's what um, we, we strove to achieve was that, um, you know, the label as, as a brand name was a, a mark of excellence. Mm -hmm. um, you know, Giles and I always said it doesn't matter what music that we put out, um, it will always be a quality. Whose release. idea was the, the, the marketing angle? I mean, it, the, the, lo the logo is so predominantly displayed right. and the colours are so distinctive. Again, uh, you know, it's, Talking Loud is a very close-knit family. Um, the, the artist was a friend of ours who used to come to our clubs all the time called Ian Swift, right. um, very well-known kind of graphic designer sure. um, in England. And was he originally with Face magazine or any of the... Yeah, he, was? Yeah, he cut mm. his teeth at the face. He did all the early graphics there. That's right. But these were all friends of ours in which we mobilised. And many um, people have copied his style since I've noticed. <laughs> yeah, um, and it, it, it kind of grew from there. But, you know, I was kind of the right side of the label and Giles was the left side of the label. Basically. Okay, now what other signings? Just uh, the Young Disciples you were involved with? Yeah, I mean, the Young Disciples uh, were friends of mine, DJ Femi and Marco. Mm -hmm. um, the DJs of... of used they to, were out here, what, about a year ago, I, so I think? Maybe yeah, even less than that. Less than that. Yeah. You know, they came back, gave me rave reviews, said, mm. Norman, you've got to get your butt out of here. Yeah. yeah. Till <laughs> four in the morning in most clubs, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't shift them. <laughs> right, yeah, I'm, I'm the same. Yeah. Now, talking about talking loud, I, as I mentioned just in the break, a lot of people have said that the latest signing, Brian Powell, or the latest from our point of view here, right, uh, has yeah. caused a little bit of a stir because it, it follows more of the American mm, tradition, which sure. is not an English, the swing beat sound is not traditionally English, mm. hasn't been English based at all. What was the motivation behind that? Well, um, in England, in the last year or so, there's been uh, an emergence of seriously talented um, gospel background singers and groups of which I've first-hand experience of dealing with and, and tapping into. Uh, 18 months ago, Giles and I sat down and tried to plot the future of the label, um, you know, kind of analyse why we were being successful when other labels weren't. And part of that was that we were prepared to try things that other labels wouldn't try. Um, we were prepared to do things that other labels wouldn't do. And part of that strategy was to, to um, sign acts which people on first hearing would never associate with Talking Loud, mm -hmm. but they couldn't deny the fact that the music was really, really good. Right. And um, in order to, to maintain the profile of the label, that's what we continue to do. Right. Well, I mean, just so mm -hmm. the, the listeners know, I've had played the Brian Powell track. I'll play a little later on the show anyway. Sure, yeah. Uh, what, who are your favourite DJs around the world? I mean, um, as far as, not just remixing, but club sure. work. Just, you know. uh, club work. Well, there are many who... Um, I, I've greatly admired and worked with um, the late Larry Levan. You actually went to the garage? Yes, the garage? yes. several times. Mm -hmm. I went for several years. Mm -hmm. uh, all those DJs there are basically my peer group. Because Frankie Knuckles was, came out of that, that influence, didn't he? I sure, mean, Frankie Knuckles, that as a David Morales. Mm. Uh, there are numerous uh, DJs there. Timmy Regisford, mm -hmm. um, who worked on WBLS and KISS FM in New York. Mm -hmm. um, and in, in the UK, um, I used to work with a DJ called Judge Jules, right. um, who was a partner of mine for many years. Um, if you went out to drink and dance, or if you don't drink, if you went out <laughs> to smoke and dance, whatever you do, who would you want to listen to, um, <laughs> apart from yourself? Nobody in particular. Mm. You know, the DJ doesn't necessarily have to be a big-name DJ. No. Uh, you know, a good DJ for me is a person who entertains the people at his or her club with the records they have at their disposal. At the end of the day, it's not necessarily about the music. It's about the people who come there enjoying themselves mm -hmm. to the music. Sure. You know, you, you can be, you know, Johnny X or the biggest DJ in the world. Uh, the but two parts have to fit, don't sure, they? Sure, but if mm -hmm. you can do that, 
then you know you're great in my book. Mm-hmm. Can you stick around a bit longer or not? Sure. Okay. Well, we'll play a few yeah. more tracks and we'll right. get back. Okay. Fine. And uh, we'll give everybody a bit of a rundown of where where you'll be performing or performing DJ and playing around the country shortly. Sure. Uh, we're going to move on with the track by the Vibrations. Shake it up. Shake it up. You're on Triple J. This is the rhythm method. to the Fun King Posse out there tonight, including Rob, Rob Milton, Paul Carroll and Peter. See you all tonight.
one going out especially to um, all the posse down there in Watson's Bay, including Alison, Nigel, Linda and Dave. Hang on in there. That's a track called Party, Don't You Worry About It. <laughs> and before that, um, a Philly classic issued on the Chess record label um, by a group called The Vibrations, and that track was called Shake It Up. Okay, and the next one, we've, uh, we're just talking about Brian Powell. Sure. Um, Brian. You'd be a big name, you think? Definitely. Yeah. Um, not because I was involved in it, I think genuinely, um, because he is getting the respect in the UK, and he's been cited in, in, by all the right people as tipped to be a star of the future. Um, so that, that, for me, justifies the signing and the making of his album, hmm. which should be out, um, I don't know, three or four months from now. Right. Now, uh, this you obviously have uh, still have an investment in Talking Loud product from the past, correct? Um, not necessarily an investment, but you know, we were such a close family there. I still see and work regularly with all the acts, even though I, I'm not there. I okay. mean, basically daily contact with Giles and everybody. So you know, things haven't changed that much. And unfortunately, you have new product, which you have on a debt play, which we don't oh. have facilities for <laughs> sure. here. And yeah. uh, the new label, High on Hope. Yeah. Uh, when are we expecting you know product? Um, August, September. Uh -huh. um, I'm just about to sign an artist called Paul Johnson. Who were, who were signed to CBS uh, yes, yes. four or five years That's ago, right. uh, but didn't happen mm. due to many things. But this time now he'll be under my wing, um, and I'll be... Are there many of those, for, for example, the soul movement for, from the 80s, you know, um, um, who, for example, Lynx and the rest of mm. them, that, that whole crowd that were then, sure. that seemed to sort of... Well, they were out. pioneers of the whole Brit funk um, thing. Um, but they're, they're around kind of making music, but not music of any consequence. But right. The emphasis now, and for me, always has been on the youth right. and the, the, the new crop of kids coming through, and there are an awful lot of them. Um, you know, I was quite frustrated at talking about it in that respect because uh, I always had my finger on, on the button um, as regards to new acts making music. And, um, you know, the bands that have escaped us um, for one reason or another have all gone on to do pretty well including the brand new heavies, mm. um, Jamiroquai, mm. um, Martine Giraud, you know, mm. the list of those kind of acts are endless. And uh, Giles and I were the first people to be tapped in. So what went wrong? Well, you mean all those signings? Well, it was just that the record company, you know, the parent company, you know, didn't really have the foresight yeah. to say, well, you know, Norman Giles, bring these people in, do what you have to do with them. Right. Martin Giraud is one of those tracks that uh, we can still play around town and inevitably everybody loves it. Sure. People come up and yeah. say, what is this? Yeah. But nobody here yeah. on commercial radio will take a punt. Yeah. Nobody's released it locally. Sure. Um, you know, it's one of those, mm. where's the gun? Put yeah. it to our heads. It's like, I don't understand why yeah. these things aren't, aren't... But it will sink into the consciousness in time. This thing takes time. Sure. Because there are a lot more acts. Um, when I came out of Talking Loud, I had no inclination to go back into... And the record industry. I was quite happy to uh, DJ and do radio, mm -hmm. but within a week, I was inundated with calls from loads of really talented groups, bands, people, flooded with tapes. Norman, you've just got to do a label. Right. We don't care. Just put our records out. Right. So I am kind of forced into doing it. Right. You know, you feel I feel I'm more than confident in. in and doing got it. The f are you confident about the funding? This is often the problem. Um, you know, well, I'm confident about the funding, and as much as. When the stuff is complete, mm -hmm. um, fortunately for me, people do respect my judgment. Right. Um, they are watching to see what, what I do. I feel a little bit under the microscope, yeah, but yeah. you know, I'm happy to work that way. And when my product is semi-finished and semi-ready, I'm sure somebody will step in and, to finish and it. Deal with it yeah. yeah, and deal with it. Okay, uh, let's. We'll just get the dates out of the road now. Tonight, you're at the uh, the Funk Incorporated party called Soul What, which is in 58 Maclay Street. Uh, Potts Point for those in Sydney. Uh, then another Funk, Incorpor Funk Incorporated presents at Kinsella's on Monday night. You'll be playing a slightly different style on Monday yeah, night? Yeah, the other side of me, the kind of, uh, not high energy, more but New York more, style. Up, more uplifting New York dance style. Right. With, you love gospel, style. no doubt. Yeah. I mean, yeah. That, that's my background. Terrific. I love singers, songs, soaring yeah. vocals, arrangements. Great. Great. Yeah. Sounds of Blackness? Yeah. Oh, mm -hmm. tell me about it. <laughs> They're actually doing a concert. In, in, in London this week I saw them when they first came uh -huh. and believe me it's the most phenomenal sight to behold I've never experienced anything like this in like 15 years of concert going I can imagine never seen anything I think like this, it this right. the, the listeners to this show are probably sick to death of sounds of like this I've uh -huh. played it so often <laughs> Joy was one of my all time favorites last year I'm glad you did because <laughs> I championed that, that, that group to death Great. fortunately um, being in my position and having my connections I was serviced with the, the you know tracks on the album you know four or five months up front of release mm. And just every time I played it on my show, that you know, we've got a bank of 40 lines 
And the moment I touched that on, all the 40 lines would light up. Really? Who is this? Where can we get it? Just unbelievable. Incredible, incredible. Yeah. So you can see why in, in, in London, particularly in England, um, music moves very quickly. Sure. People pounce on things and they, yeah. can, they can be three or four weeks down the track and from a promo and it can be sharding. Sure. And yeah. yeah. But, it, you know, but that, that's the way it, it works there. Okay, after Monday, Wednesday, uh, you'll be working where I work at uh, All Sold Out down at Rogues uh, in Sydney and um, doing a spot around about 1 o'clock, I believe. Mm -hmm. uh, then Friday, Kinsella's Global Village. What floor will you be working that night? Top floor. Top floor, yeah. Okay, yeah. should be asking you, should I? You don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next Saturday, uh, The Freezer, Icebox, put on by uh, Beaver. Sunday, the 2nd of May, The Lounge in Melbourne. I uh, haven't been there for quite a while, but last time I had a great time. It's a bit of a late-night venue, The Lounge still, isn't it? Uh, and then back to Sydney for Wednesday, the Funky World at Zoom, which is a, a new venue in Oxford Street, put on by another... Uh, well, he's not an ex-Brit, is he? I always thought he was, <laughs> David Brace. <laughs> Somehow he had an accent at times, yeah. I don't know. A Zoom next uh, Wednesday week. Uh, I'll probably give these a plug next week as well. Friday, the following week after that, Kinsella's Global Village. You're here for quite a while. Yeah. I believe you've got some records still uh, on the plane or the boat sure, or uh, yeah. coming through. Yeah. Uh, then Brisbane after that. I'll get on to the Brisbane dates probably next Saturday night. It probably uh, makes more sense for those listeners. I'll keep these. Yeah. Okay, we're going to move on with one of your signings, Brian Powell, with a track called It's Alright. It's Alright, Brian. Norman. Stick around. We're on Triple J here and the Rhythm Method right through till about one in the morning. <laughs> Jump, jump, jump. 
Tell 